Hi, and a very warm welcome to our podcast. Who is Ask, you ask? Well, it's Max Baldelli and myself, Markus Kramer, both working for Capgemini Invent, the strategy and management consulting branch of the Capgemini Group. This is the very first podcast of a series of podcasts. We felt it is time to share our thoughts and insights on the virtual organization. A topic that is, to be honest, discussed for a very long time now, but at the same time, it's a topic that skyrocketed because of the current situation. But before we get into the content, Max, would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah, sure. Um, my name is uh, Max Ferdinand Baldelli. Um, I'm heading the organization transformation practice uh, in Germany, Austria, and Switzerland. In the past uh, 12 years, um, I have gained experiences in how organizations achieve agility. I have advised uh, startups in scaling their business models, uh, mechanical engineering companies in setting up uh, an innovation lab. And obviously, um, I have advised larger customers. Thanks, Max. Um, I'm Marcus, Marcus Kramer. I'm leading our business and operating model practice uh, here in uh, Germany, Switzerland and Austria. Uh, I'm dealing with organization and operating model questions for more than 20 years now. In the last years, I really focused on the future of organizations, on how to make organizations more flexible, more adaptable and more agile, uh, which is also something that comes into play uh, during our podcast. But let's get into the content now. Um, We are sure that now is the time to think about applying the learnings from the current situation to answer the following questions for the companies. Um, why step back into a way of working when the current situation shows that there are many different ways to steer, lead and collaborate? What best to translate from the current situation into a new corporate reality? How to balance or find the right balance between a virtual and a physical operating model? And what is the best way to figure out what will work in a virtual way from now on and what is better run in a physical way? So this podcast is all about the virtual organization. And first, we should share with you what is the virtual organization for us? For me, the virtual organization most of us are currently experiencing is something that adds a new layer to organization models for the future. In my mind, the organization of the future will be a combination between physical elements that are still and that will for a long time still be necessary with virtual elements that address important aspects. Some of those aspects are economic aspects like saving costs through saving office space, but also generating costs through inefficiencies in steering, like sustainability aspects and not meeting physically anymore, so the reduction of traveling and commuting, and of course, leadership and employee aspects like empowerment, like delegation, but also ensuring a corporate direction for the entire company. Max, from your point of view, what, what characterizes a virtual organization? Well, Marcus, uh, to me, the virtual organization seems to be an evolution of what we are currently calling remote working. Actually, um, I think that we are at the beginning of building virtual organizations. And I think there is uh, still a lot uh, of room for making experiments 
failures, learnings before this concept will be a major one. To me, getting back to your question, the virtual organization is an organization that is built to run with a high degree of efficiency, customer satisfaction, and agility, with employees obviously working from everywhere. The physical location of an employee is starting to be decoupled from work activities. Um, we see a shift from giving importance to a physical presence to giving more importance to mental presence, which in the end can be ensured from everywhere. As you said, this brings a set of benefits for companies. Uh, for example, let me get into one uh, important benefit. If a virtual company can draw on a much wider pool of talents and convince younger generations that, for example, prefer to live in global cities such as Berlin, London, or New York, to join remotely, this opens up um, a huge advantage. And it's just an example that should make it clear that this is not a nice to have. It will be a matter of survival in the end. Well, Max, a matter of survival, that's, that's a big ask. Um, do you, from your experience, see any clients or any sectors that are already handling that uh, in a good manner? Yeah, good question. Let me think about it. Um, I have one example. Um, it's um, a client I have advised in the past years. It's a larger telecom company uh, that has successfully scaled a distributed and collaborative workforce, meaning that uh, lots of people have worked from different places and locations on the same project including uh, from kitchens and, and living rooms. Uh, so interestingly, when the, the acute part of the crisis uh, exploded, this company was uh, very easily switching to a remote uh, way of working. Um, and I think it was part of their DNA uh, before uh, this event. And that made it uh, very, very simple to switch into uh, the new uh, way of working. Okay. That sounds, that sounds like a good example indeed. Well, let's now dive into some dimensions of an operating model that we regard as important to have a look at. Organization structure in a virtual organization? That sounds a little bit counterintuitive at the very first glance. A second thought reveals, though, it is important. Um, it's mainly important because of two things. The first thing is to create a sense of belonging through an organizational structure. Humans need to be, feel part of something, and the organization is the corporate way of responding to this very specific need. The second function is to provide a structural guidance, especially regarding functional and disciplinary responsibilities. Both aspects are important in times of uncertainty and in a new, more virtual corporate reality. Governance, especially regarding decision-making and steering, is a very important aspect and often a hassle, even in normal times for companies. It becomes even more critical in the current situation, and it will be essential in a virtual organization as well. It is about finding the right balance between empowerment, delegation versus strategic decision-making and ensuring a company-wide direction. Companies need to clearly categorize decisions and define crystal clear decision and steering mechanisms and processes in order to succeed. Processes, well, 
What I'm experiencing with clients are two effects. Many already experienced when they experimented with agility. The first effect is to find the right balance between high-level process frameworks, teams can individually adapt, and detailed description of processes and guardrails that need to be fulfilled. The second effect is that a lack of clarity and responsibilities is much more killing and causing problems in a virtual organization than in a physical one. One key takeaway for me is to use the current situation to analyze which processes are currently running well and why, and to identify, uh, identify those who are not running smoothly, to adjust them accordingly, and to mark them as potential candidates for continued physicality. Max, process is one of the bases for something even more important. Why don't you take it further? Yes, uh, indeed. Uh, so I want to shed uh, some light into another dimension, collaboration. So with regards to collaboration, the ambition here should that we become really good in a virtual way of working. We think that on one side, having the right collaboration tools up and running is just the start. Employees, more importantly, need to learn which tools fit best their specific goals and circumstances they are in, in the collaboration mode. This will require creativity, knowledge of tools, features, before routines are established. Let me shed some light into another dimension that is called collaboration. With regards to collaboration, the ambition here should that we become really good in collaborating in a virtual environment. We think that on one side, having the right collaboration tools up and running is the start, but it's not the end. So employees will need to learn which tool fits best uh, the specific goals and circumstances. This will require them to be creative. Um, they will need to know uh, which features are offered by the tools before routines are in the end established. And let me also emphasize one point. So like everything, there is a risk to exaggerate. And also in virtual collaboration, if we move towards an extreme, things can become a little bit unpleasant and productivity uh, may drop. There's a risk of transforming the home into the new office. So what needs to be avoided is that in the end, people will sleep and live their personal lives into the office, the home. There's a need, therefore, to set boundaries um, to limit excesses to safeguard productivity and prevent burnout. Uh, by defining, for example, uh, the, uh, the hours in which collaboration is expected and making flexible hours the norm, as well as making it clear that it's not expected to answer to an email after working hours, all these things uh, help to keep this balance up and running. Another dimension worth mentioning, in my opinion, is the technology dimension. This uh, dimension enables employees to get virtual. It's for sure pivotal to have the right technology stack up and running to exploit the benefits uh, of working in a virtual uh, setting. This means having access to the right tools that are needed to collaborate and execute uh, business processes. Let me make an example also here. If we take a call center agent, it will be really important 
for him to have access to the systems that he was using in the office be, before. To do so, um, he or she will need the right hardware, a laptop, for example, um, a secure connection, and the right cloud solution to support customers in real time. Finally, let me also touch uh, the leadership um, component. Um, what we see is that a new leadership style uh, seems to have worked uh, pretty good during the acute phase we just passed. And we believe that this leadership style will be key for virtual organizations. In a virtual organization, the leader will obviously not directly see his team members. And to ensure that the team can work with a high degree of productivity, flexibility, trust is a must-have. Last, we also think that leaders need to be very savvy in the emotional intelligence, which will be key to understand the concerns, the thoughts, and all the things that uh, the emotions of employees. To succeed, therefore, I think that a leader needs to be empathetic. He needs to be attentive in uh, grasping signals that he gets through the virtual channels about what his employees and his team is thinking and uh, what the concerns are of these people. On top, uh, the leader needs to put all the members of the team in the position where they can open up themselves from an emotion perspective. So this last step requires a humble and authentic leadership style. Thanks, Max. Well, uh, if we, if we, Remember those six dimensions we just ran through? That sounds quite a lot. And it sounds like a challenge to really get into a virtual organization that works in an optimal way. Max, you know that I'm a big fan of our minimum viable organization approach, which is a very clever way of bringing our operating model to life and to iteratively optimize it. Do you see any chance to apply this concept also for the virtual organization? Well, Marcus, uh, I'm a big fan of uh, of that concept as well. So let me elaborate on that. Um, so front runners, companies that are moving ahead the curve and are faster uh, than others, will, in our opinion, create a nucleus of a virtual organization. We call this nucleus minimum viable organization because uh, companies start with a small team and the iteratively transform the whole organization by starting very small. So we think they will avoid any kind of big bang or shift to the new way of working overnight. We see this as too risky, too complex. So therefore we suggest to select a team and a process that can be used as a pilot to test and iterate this new organization and this new virtual organization before gradually scaling into the wider parts of the organization. Great, Max. Now let's bring it home for this podcast. Um, we talked about the different dimensions for a virtual operating model. We share some good practices we see at client side or in our organization. But what is our recommendation for today? What do we really want our listeners to remember, Max? So... I think there's one thing that is really important, and it's culture and leadership. On one side, technology, tools, and processes can be designed, and in the end, they will be implemented. 
what is really key is that leaders in the organization really stand behind the transformation and make it clear, for example, that the old days will not come back. Only by pushing the organization and role modeling the new ways of working, this will uh, happen and propagate into the organization. Okay, Max, you know me. No other chance than to add one more thought. In addition to your view, from my perspective, it is very important to have a clear target picture of the future virtual organization. This organization will not be a one-size-fits-all model. It will have to be a very company-specific one. And it will have to be iteratively adjusted and optimized. For me, flexibility and adaptability will be essential to succeed in this challenge. And on this thought, I'd like to close today's podcast. Thanks a lot for listening. We hope we were able to share some valuable insights. If so, please do not hesitate to get in touch with us, either directly or through our Capgemini Invent website. Please also do subscribe to our Capgemini podcast through your favorite platform like Spotify, like SoundCloud, etc. Thanks again for listening. Thank you, Max. Um, take care. Goodbye.